This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hi, everyone, and welcome to History Dreams. I am Tim. Welcome to the podcast where we take a lighthearted look at the dark side of history. Today, we're going to talk about people who were buried alive. What do you think about that, Chuck? Well, that's a common fear that most people have, Timmy. Now, I don't relate to that because I have very few fears outside of snakes, Timmy. I don't don't remember. uh, Did you... Touch on, uh, <laughs> yeah, I touched on a lot of things, Timmy. <laughs> in your book, mm-hmm. How to Make Love to a Woman, did you talk about uh, having making love to a dead woman? Well, Timmy, I there's a there's a narrow window, Timmy, where it becomes illegal. I tried to stick within <laughs> within things that that did not violate any municipal codes or ordinances in the book. Uh, I see. Um, I see. Of, but you, you could, some of them that. do in Georgia and in the, you know, deeper South, but yeah. generally Timmy, you want some kind of, uh, Oh, Shelly, what is it called? What are those waves called in your brain when you do the thing? Uh, you want some activity there just to cover yourself legally. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and they get cold, Tim. They get cold. So well, well, I, I, you could do some. I mean, even though you didn't touch it on it in your book, you would be happy to cover well, that. Yeah, if, can, if you're doing some counseling, consulting. consulting yeah, I've, I can cover that. But uh, I see. But yeah, it, it's okay. best. I find um, it's best just out of out of politeness to uh, leave a corpse alone. To let them to let them rest in peace, Timmy. I think that's a good idea. Yes. Yes. But, you yeah. know, if the person is buried alive and you save them, they do owe you, Timmy. They do owe yeah. you. Is that, I mean, is that, I mean, is that worth a, uh, a oral sex, perhaps? Well, yeah, that's the only kind that you want to have with somebody that's been in a casket for about a week and they're, <laughs> they're pretty sweaty and hot and nasty, Timmy. You just want to... <laughs> 
Well, I like to remind everyone that we are a comedy podcast, and <laughs> sometimes we use adult language, although I don't guess we'll be using adult language today, because uh, Brandy had some internet, uh, her neighbors changed the <laughs> yes, password, basically. I think, and she didn't have, she had internet problems today, so we are joined by the very lovely and talented Shelly. Shelly, how are you today? I am, I'm, I'm doing well. I'm trying to recover from that introduction. Does that make your skin crawl? Um, I don't know how it makes me feel. You know, it's not, it's not. You mean you haven't thought about it before? I mean, we're all going to die. So I've given it a lot of thought. The the sex after death part? Yeah. 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 Sex after death, because, you know, you're going to be dead a long time. Yeah, you know, throw true. some Hustler magazines in the coffin. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> that's all I'm saying, Shelly. Well, there you go. <laughs> well, we're glad that you could join us today and um, pinch Thanks. in for Brandy. We Thanks really appreciate it. And uh, we also have with us our producer in the studio, Thad. How are you today, Thad? Well, hey, happy, uh, happy Sunday. Good morning, everybody. Glad to be here. So today, well, I guess I got to introduce Chuck. He's his, he has the longest um, introduction of the bunch. He is a man of renown. He is known as an oasis in the desert of despair. Because Shelly, you know, we live in troubled times. Mm, mm-hmm. He and is the you, bridge. He is the bridge over those troubled waters. Yeah. <laughs> he definitely is. Yeah. Um, and we're gonna get. We're gonna talk about him about. Um, sex after death because you know he's an expert in all things uh, related to uh, making love <sighs> so we're gonna we're gonna talk to him about that um have you read the book shelly oh wait yeah you're gonna talk to him about that i'm not going to talk <laughs> to him about that but we're gonna talk about it, it, colonel I, you know we have of course, we normally have Brandy here, and we always talk about her and her economics professor. Yeah. And uh, when we have Shelly on, we always talk about her and the car. Right. right. So we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll revisit that. I'm sure you're happy to hear that, uh, Shelly. It wasn't the carny. It was the camels. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, it, was, it, was carny, it was the carny's camels. Anyway, go ahead. Okay. Um, we'll just, get to that. We'll get to that. But before we do, just let throw me out some mystery there. Yeah, yeah. That that'll keep people. You know, it's uh-huh. a teaser. It's a teaser. <laughs> um, That's what the camel um, said. <laughs> that made must be very honorable. <laughs> <laughs> the Reverend Colonel Charles Beauregard Hawk Walters III, uh, affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel? I'm good, Jimmy. I'm good. Couldn't be better. Yeah, because I haven't been buried alive, Timmy. Did you go to the uh, Taylor Swift concert last night, Colonel? No, Timmy, but I know I know people that paid $3,000 for a ticket for Taylor Swift. Yeah. I mean, and Taylor Swift is doing two, two shows, two shows in Cincinnati this weekend. And I mean, those Swifties were fucking everywhere. Oh, they were all... They're worse all than over. hipsters, Now, Shelly... Shelly, are you a, a Swifty? I'm not. I, okay. I'm I'm not. Well, that's good. I I'm not you, anti Swifty. I just I'm neutral. I see. You're you're Swifty neutral. Mm-hmm. Now, 
The Colonel, as you know, is a Swifty. He is now, Colonel. Are you fringe or are you glitter? That's why I'm, I'm more of a glitter person, Timmy. I'm more of a glitter yeah. Person. You put you put on the glasses. I put on glasses. I put a little bit of glitter in my beard, Timmy. And uh, I, I don't like to get crazy with it. I just like to kind of highlight things, Timmy. I see. I see. Well, um, if, if so, Shelly is neutral, would that make her Swifterland? <laughs> it might. Yeah. I appreciate that, Bad. That was good. <laughs> Everyone's a comedian. Okay. <laughs> let's talk about. I'm just kidding, Bad. We're glad you're here, too. Uh, let's talk about the the people who are buried alive, Shelly, because I know you're you're interested in that. You've done, mm-hmm. You you do a lot of research on a lot of topics. Yeah. When I woke By up this way. morning, when I woke up this morning, mm-hmm. that's what exactly I was like, you know, I really hope that the first thing that I hear this morning is how I need to be in a discussion about people being buried alive. That I, it's like you read my mind. It's wonderful. We and just had a birthday recently. Oh, thanks. <laughs> you did. Happy birthday. What did you do to celebrate, Shelly? Um... I, 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 I didn't celebrate. <laughs> I, I, I try to forget that, that my birthday is the, the, you know, that it's you're, that day. So well, I think you reach young. a point where it's like, oh crap, it's my birthday. She's over you know? 40. Too, really. So, so <laughs> I want to mention that our, we have a new sponsor this week. I mean, we have a sponsor this week, I should say. <laughs> uh, uh, if for all of your home decor, needs you have home decor needs Shelly yes always mm-hmm. yeah. then we suggest that you uh, visit black cat and me on esty.com did I say that right Esty. No. Etsy. Oh. can you it's say it for me Etsy Etsy.com okay. mm-hmm. it's called yeah. the black so, cat black cat and me black cat and me on what's it called Shelly Etsy.com like Betsy, but without the B. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Etsy. Etsy. <laughs> yeah. I think I go. got that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you uh, go there and purchase something, use code DWEEB15 and you'll get 15% Ooh. off your first purchase. So, have they heard the purchase. show? <laughs> what? Ha- have they heard the show? The sponsor? Yeah. 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 They love it. They love it. That- that, congratulations. That's yeah. exciting. I mean, we uh, haven't had a sponsor to... since I think that cruise line <laughs> like eight years ago. Did we ever I'm get gonna... paid for that? Well, uh, that's that, that, that was three years ago, Timmy, four years ago. And I think that was the cruise line that got COVID that was on the news, Timmy. Uh, yeah. I don't remember seeing any money. <laughs> no, we didn't get much saying. money from it. We didn't really want to push that one too much, Timmy, after that. <laughs> after the COVID deaths on there. But, but Black, Ta- Black Cat, we do. You want to push it. You want to push it hard. Everybody needs to go and get yourself some home decor, right? Yes. 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 There you go. So remember, code Dweeb15 for 15% off. If I put Dweeb50, could I get 50% off to me? I don't think so. I don't think it works like that. Dweeb15 for 15% off. So I don't know. I I know, Colonel, you've, you have, you have, I heard you were opening it. Etsy store as well. Well, I'm just, and we'll get to this in, uh, and really in the second paragraph of this story, I'm going to get into some of my Etsy stuff, Timmy, but um, <clears throat> yeah, I dabble in it, Timmy. I dabble in it. 
devil. Hey, you just sell like household items, like your coaster. Or- Coasters. Um, I got a little. I got the Colonel's handyman service too, Timmy. That I come around and I oh. fix things and just spruce up the house. You know, you're like James Taylor. You're oh handyman. yes, I am. Yes, I am. <laughs> and more ways than one, Timmy. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. All right, I don't have money for the pizza. <laughs> Being buried alive ranks pretty high on the list of terrible ways to die. I think that's fair to say, wouldn't you, Shelley? I, I would. Yeah. It used to happen more often than it does now. Well, you know, when they start embalming people, I guess <laughs> that, that was a game. That was a game. That was a game changer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I think it ranks somewhere in the middle because there's a whole lot of, I mean, if you're asleep, you know, if you've been poisoned and you don't know that you're being buried alive, then I guess it really, there's, there are things that are much worse, right? I mean, on the spectrum. Yeah, I guess. I mean, burned alive would probably be, mm-hmm. like, like if you were um, cremated alive, that would probably suck. Yeah, it would be better, yeah. worse than buried alive to me. Or tortured, like, you know, having... Oh yeah, your limbs yeah. removed piece by you know they're they're, yeah, they're it's, things. A, it's pretty dark of there, Shelly. What kind of shit have you been just, reading? What kind I'm of shit saying, you been researching? I'm just saying, if you know, it it does rank up there, but I wouldn't yeah. say it's the worst. Yeah, yeah. Reading uh, how to make love and walk to a woman is probably I mean, up there. <laughs> that's probably up there too. Uh, in fact, in the earlier days of medicine, it was much more difficult to determine if someone <laughs> was actually dead or just in a coma uh, or paralyzed. I don't know why I'm right there. All right. Now, hold on. Timmy, can, st- I, can I read this short one right here? Uh, yeah. Starting around the 18th century, <laughs> suspected corpses were subjected to <laughs> abusive tests to establish death. It ranged from fairly benign nipple pinching <laughs> all the way up to hot pokers inserted in their rectums, or as Shelley calls it, Tuesday night. <laughs> oh my God! See, uh, was oh it necessary? I had. I had well, I mean, you are not being an oasis in the desert of despair. I do not feel refreshed. <laughs> I mean, you got, you got to, you know, you, you got to admit, the, the, getting a hot poker up your butt would probably get a response if you were alive. Generally, it would. <laughs> Generally, yes. Even in a coma. Oh, I think they'd still use that as a cure for comas, Timmy. <laughs> Jeez. You could, if no, if uh, they ahead. tell the they I'm tell sorry. people in a, you know the families in a coma that you know they're fully aware they just so go read to them you know talk to them like you normally would hold their hand yeah. and occasionally shove a red hot poke up there. <laughs> I mean, why do they have to make it hot? <laughs> I would just think a regular poker would be even a warm, yeah. Just put it in a microwave for, for thirty seconds. I feel like there's even a lot of things you could try before you go to the, quote, fairly benign nipple pinching. 
I mean, it, it is fairly Maybe benign. facial I, pinching, hand <laughs> pinching, like... Like pinch I, him on the cheek or something. Yeah, I, th- I feel like there's a whole lot you could explore before you even get to the nipples. I, I don't... <laughs> So what you're saying is you don't like somebody jumping straight to the nipples. <sighs> you just think they could have stroked their hair a little bit, whispered nice things before they jump straight to the nipples. If you pinch the nipple, <laughs> then you have to pinch both of them. So, you know, each of them are getting equal attention. I mean, or do you just pinch no, one? You have to pinch one you know, and use the other as a control. Because if you pinch one, um, if you pinch one and it hardens up and the other one's not doing anything. I, you know, I didn't think of the uh, scientific method there. Yeah. Yeah. If you're OCD, that could really mess things up in the bedroom, right? Like, yeah, I would think that that could be. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) I mean, when do you move on to the, you know, the left or the right? And then like... You know, do you, I mean, if you stay one place, I mean, you're a woman, Shelly. If if a guy stays. <laughs> I used to be, I used to be before I turned 40. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> well, I, I'll ask that, that if you, <laughs> if you're, you know, pleasuring mm-hmm. a woman as we, as we men, men sometimes do. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> do you, are, are you supposed to balance the time between each boob or do you just. I mean, I, I, my practice yeah. is I always go whichever one's closer. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying well, to, you know, do any acrobatics. Well, here. I mean, how, I mean, how far are they? Perhaps. Like, across, you have to walk across the floor. I mean, they're Perhaps right there. You, you should consider when utilizing that practice. You could, you could consider what the woman's preferences are. That's just something to take with well, you, I mean, as you move are forward women, in life. Are there women like are right titty or right left titty? I mean. Maybe they have a preference that you could ask them what their preference is. Yeah, I don't I, like doing that. <laughs> Why would you want to do that? Right? Ask you. I use a, I mean, I've been using the stopwatch <laughs> as of my timer, but you know, I get my, now I've been using my cell phone. I put a little alarm <laughs> on it. And then I ask you really I mean, asking what women's preferences are, uh, are not really something we were raised to do. It's just mm-hmm. no, because they can tell you anything, yeah. you know, and it changes from day to day. I mean, you just, you just have to go with what you being feel a left-handed right, Timmy. Whichever nipple is closest to my left hand, that is what gets the attention, Timmy. Because uh, that's the that's dominant. My, yeah, hand. that's the one I'm dominant. That's mood. my the hand I have the most dexterity with, Timmy. Because I you see. basically. Well, I have been called. I mean, because if you stay with one too long, they just think you're just not paying, you know, you're not engaged, right? right? You're just fucking not there. You're just thinking about you know, baseball scores or exactly. something. Exactly. But I, it's all in the technique. And I, I will tell you, Timmy, I have been called the Mozart of nipples, Timmy. Oh, nice. Nice. Yes. All right. I mean, I would ask Shelly what she thinks about that. So, 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 so what, so what do you guys see? You're just assuming that all of these tests are being performed on women, right? What, what about you? Would you want your nipples to be titillated at the same time? Or what is, you know, do you you have a preference? I don't want it too much because, you know, I I just want a little bit there. Right, Colonel? Ah. You get too much, then it's... 
then you're in a whole different Shelly, category. We are men. We are men. If you're gonna put your hands on us somewhere, nipples are not the first choice. Right. You can never go wrong grabbing the scrotum. Exactly. Is what I'm saying. Well, you can't go wrong depending oh on how hard you grab it. Well, that's true. That's true. You don't want to swing from that thing. I do want to mention real quick that that Prime Day is coming up and nipple clamps are thirty percent off. Check out Amazon. Danny, Danny, write that down. If if you put in the code Dweebs fifteen, absolutely (laughs) nothing will happen. Nothing will happen. Yeah, you get nothing (laughs) off. Nothing off. Yeah, nothing will happen. So uh, from these, uh, 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 as Chuck was saying, these tests they did with the nipple pitching all the way up to the hot poker inserted in the rectum. If no complaints were registered <laughs> on the last test, it must certainly be I safe feel like to that's kink shaming, though. Right? I mean, it's... Well, yeah. <laughs> it's possible. It's possible so they're enjoying the hot poker say, up their rectum. You don't know. You don't know. So, so you you think they might just be in? Yeah, they might just be yeah, feeling it and they don't respond. Well, it says it says they're vibing. No they're vibing. This is no complaints. It doesn't say yeah. compliments, right? I uh, mean, I'm just yeah. pointing it out. I can tell you this: you put a red hot poker in my <laughs> ass, you get one star on Yelp. That's what you're getting. <laughs> uh, well, you must. Uh, so anyway. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I got a laughter. Oh, laughter ensued in 1846 when French, the French doctor Eugene Boucault, I don't know if I'm saying that right, Bouquet, anyway, suggested the use of a new stethoscope technology to listen to the existence of a heartbeat. So they rolled that out. That's fucking bullshit. Yeah. But, you know, putting a hot poker up someone's <laughs> rectum, that's, that's yeah. good. They took all the fun out of it, Timmy. You really did. While we we should feel thankful that those days of inferior medical equipment and lack of knowledge are <laughs> mostly. mostly behind us, <laughs> we we haven't rid humanity of this horrible experience quite yet, that of being buried alive. There is evil in the world that still makes the threat of being buried alive a valid concern. Because, you know, like some serial killers will bury their victims alive and stuff. Uh, and as some of these stories will point out, being buried alive is not a good thing. No. Good luck. Good luck sleeping tonight <laughs> after listening to this episode, especially if you suffer from Shelley. Taphophobia. The fear of being buried alive. Now, do you have that feel? Fear I didn't. Shelley, I probably will. It's not so. <laughs> What is the fear of having After- a red hot <laughs> That might go along with it. That might be the I have bigger far fear. greater fear right. of that, yes. The first case we're gonna talk about is that of a young lady named Essie Dunbar. During a hot Blackville, South Carolina summer. Ever been in Blackville, South Carolina? I've been, I've been there, Jimmy. I've been there. Okay. So in a, it's in the summer of 18, 1915 in Blackville, South Carolina, 30-year-old Essie Dunbar, quote-unquote, died of an epileptic seizure, or so her family thought. They called the doctor who confirmed, <laughs> confirmed that she showed no signs of life. I guess they didn't use the 
They didn't pinch her nipple, but the family then arranged a funeral for young Essie, as one would do for their family member who have dearly departed. And they placed Essie into a wooden coffin, invited friends and family to mourn her death, and they finally buried her. But one of the sisters arrived late to the funeral, so she didn't get to see Essie for the last time, and she demanded that the coffin be dug up so that she could view her sister's remains that's, that's one last one, time. Jimmy. I mean... No, because it was a sister, Timmy, and she was like, I know that bitch got buried in my yellow <laughs> shirt. I want to get that shirt back. Dig that bitch yeah. up right Give now. me my shirt back. I cannot find my cashmere sweater. I know she got buried in it. Dig her up. So they actually um, dug, a, dug her up and opened the coffin, and to everyone's profound shock, Essie was alive and smiling. <laughs> what she's yeah, smiling about? That's weird. Not much is known about Essie's life before her "quote unquote" death in 1915. But she was born in 1855. She apparently lived a quiet existence in South Carolina for her first 30 years of life. Uh, most of her family lived nearby, though Essie also had a sister. In the, the same sister town. or a different sister? So. You know, this is a sister that we're... Uh, yeah, I was oh, just okay, recapping okay. what I'm going to tell you now. But in the summer of 1915, Essie suffered an epileptic seizure and collapsed. Family's doctor... Uh, fam- her family called the doctor, Dr. D.K. Briggs of Blackfield. Do you know him, Colonel? You know Dr. Dr. Briggs? Dr. Briggs, he was on Lethal Weapon, I believe. <laughs> so they called him for help, but he appeared to arrive too late uh, as he found no signs of life and told the family that Essie was dead. Heartbroken, her family started to plan a funeral. They decided to hold the funeral the next day at 11 a.m. to give uh, her sister time to travel from the nearby town to the service. But her sister, like always, is fucking late. And so they decide to go ahead with the service and placed Essie in a wooden coffin. <laughs> three preachers conducted a service. Good I don't know why they need three more. <clears throat> yeah. It seems like a lot of preachers to me. Have you ever performed at a funeral, Colonel, in your capacity of a, as a man of God? Occasionally I will, Timmy, but I find most people that I have such a low regard for them, it's hard for me to say anything nice about them. You have... You I have, see. in fact, told a preacher to wind it up during a funeral, though, correct? He was a little <laughs> bit long-winded, and it was my stepfather's funeral. And I try, I was sitting on the thing, and he was just going on and on and on. So I had to wave my hand to get his attention, and I gave him the, you know, the finger in a circle mode. The in, the inner international signal. Yeah, it's, it's it like the Oscar, like the light. You're done. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, if I yeah. could have started to play music, like, I was like, Jesus Christ. If you had, like, one of those real old pains. A, if I would have had one, I would have yanked. I, I was like, come on, let's wrap this shit up. <laughs> so, uh, three three preachers conducted the service, uh, which would have given uh, Ellie's, Essie's sister plenty of time to arrive. When the service finished, however, her sister was nowhere to be seen, so everyone thought she was probably on a drunk. <laughs> 
And the family decided to proceed with the burial. That's fair. I mean, right? You know, after the after the third preacher is done, I mean, you know, you waited long as you could. Yeah, you begged long enough. You get three preachers. Yeah. You have not lived a good life if you get three <laughs> preachers. That's like having a goddamn exorcism at the funeral. They lowered her coffin six feet into the ground, covered it with dirt. But the story didn't end there. As I mentioned, a few minutes later, Essie Dunbar was buried. Her sister finally arrived. Bitch is always late. <laughs> yeah. She begged the preachers, the three preachers, to allow her to see her sister one last time. They agreed, and the mother, those poor grave diggers had to dig up the fucking dirt and pull the coffin out, which they had just buried. As the funeral attendees watched in horror, Essie's Dunbar's freshly buried coffin was dug up, the lid was unscrewed, the coffin was open, and then shocked and grasp and cries rang out, not in anguish, Colonel, but in shock. <laughs> to the astonishment of, and the terror of the crowd, Essie Dunbar sat up in her coffin, smiled at her sister, looking very much alive. The three ministers conducting the ceremony <laughs> fell backward into the grave. The shortest of the three suffered three broken ribs as the other two trampled on him in their desperate attempt to get out of the grave. I mean, I don't know why they were, it was a desperate attempt. Did they think they were going to bury him or something? I mean, just wait a minute. Someone help give you a hand? No. They anyway, done buried one, one motherfucker four. alive. They don't you know these people don't care. Just I mean, that, the, story, this, uh, the, the, uh, the lesson here, Colonel, is don't be the shortest <laughs> minister at a funeral because that motherfucker got his ribs broken. <laughs> even Essie's own family ran from, from the scene as, the, as they believed she was a ghost <laughs> or some type Demon. of zombie. Some type of zombie, zombie sent to terrorize him. You know that sister, she regretted asking him to... <laughs> It would up. be better if somebody beat her on the head with a shovel, like they do in the zombie movie. <laughs> when she climbed, when Essie climbed out of a coffin, she tried to follow them, which uh, they grew even more. Terrified. I feel like she's doing all this shit on purpose. <laughs> like, her, well, yeah. I mean, wouldn't you? Uh, no. I mean, well, if they buried you alive, I I mean, maybe she didn't even get buried. Like, maybe she just was planning the whole time. I don't know. That's it. Feels it feels like she's. <laughs> Her sister is probably like a wretched person, and she's just this is the ultimate revenge. Have you seen those coffins where they like sit the deceased like up in a chair at a table <laughs> or something? I, yeah, I mean, Google it. I mean, this one guy was a this was one guy was a white guy. He was a rapper, and you know he's he's sitting up. You know he's posed and everything. He's got the you know the big chains and stuff. He's at yeah. He's sitting up in his. It's weird. I mean, you can Google it. You'll see the pictures. It's kind of weird. But, you know, kind of like, I guess kind of like post-mortem yeah. photography, but only they're like live. I mean, not alive, but they're dead. There's even the country song up. about it. The prop me up against the jukebox when I die. There you go. Yeah, exactly. It's like we can <laughs> So in 2002, <laughs> okay. the rapper Gunu had his corpse propped up in a nightclub. For performance, well, how did he I, perform? His, his band performed, but they put him up. He had on oh. uh, 
He had on some skinny jeans. Like had his arms and, crossed. And he had it. on a hoodie, and they put a crown on him and uh, and glasses. But he is very much dead. But just standing there while they perform. I would want my money. Uh, that's what I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you would say, I mean, like, they just, he died, and they just didn't want to cancel the tours. Yeah. <laughs> Millie Vanilli got in all kinds of shit for that. <laughs> All right, so uh, so she's running after her, her sisters who are trying to get away from it. Um, uh, so meanwhile, her sisters fell to the ground and began praying. One of her sisters fell to the ground, began praising God for the miracle. She swore that she had uh, brought, so wrought. So there you go. Um, but Essie was not a ghost or a zombie. She was just a 30-year-old woman who had that bad luck of being buried alive and the good luck of being uh, quickly dug up again. Following her quote unquote funeral, Essie Dunbar appeared to return to normal, uh, to a normal quiet existence. In 1955, the Augusta Chronicle reported that she spent her days picking cotton and she outlived Briggs, the doctor who had pronounced her, uh, for quite some time. He, he died in 1915, so she outlived him by 40 years. Well, and I, in fact... She didn't, she didn't go through the shock of having somebody <laughs> crawl out the grave and chase you. That'd take I mean, 40 years you know, off your life, Tim. You know, every, every, you know, every time... Every, time every so, funeral he, he did after dead, that. <laughs> Yeah. They're going to be like, you know, check my pulse or something. Go, Don't let this... I'm going to go with Tim this there's a lot of misinformation there. I mean, like if the doc, the doctor was probably substantially older than Essie to begin with. So it's a weird footnote, right? Like, because he was probably already yeah, yeah. going to die. Ahead of- you think he was like, well, not elderly, elderly, but yeah, we older than know. her. Yeah, like know. that's, that's just a weird. Yeah. He might have. I feel like I mean, it was a, it was a slow problems. news day. So maybe had a- they had to report. <laughs> Maybe he had a stroke when, uh, when he, she, he saw her because he died the same, the same year. So you know, obviously, his his <laughs> practice went to hell. Yeah, I'm going to see him. So, in fact, uh, Essie uh, Dunbar lived for another um, uh, decade or more. She passed away, uh, well, more than that. She passed away on May 22nd, 1922, 1962. She lived to, I mean, here's here's an odd thing. She and I were alive at the same time because I was born in 61. Wow. That's six degrees of separation, isn't there, Colonel? Uh, so she she passed away on May 22nd, 1962 at the Barnwell County Hospital in South Carolina. Local papers reported her death. I bet <laughs> I bet they were, you know, they were they waited last last minute to go to press with that with the headline final funeral hell for South Carolina woman. So that makes wow. sense. They were hedging their bets there a bit. At this time, uh, they were apparently no shocking moments during her funeral. So she must have been really dead. I bet the little guy didn't come to that one. (laughs) All right. So the next story we have about someone being buried alive is a dude named Angelo Hayes. Our next story took place in 1937. It involved a Frenchman named Angelo Hayes. Angelo was a free spirit. He loved motorcycles and automobiles. And 
<laughs> I don't know why that I don't know why that trait is important. But in the summer of 1937, the 19-year-old daredevil was riding his motorcycle at a high rate of speed when he crashed his bike, slamming himself head first into a brick wall. Well, that's unfortunate. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, head first into a brick wall, you would think, you know, this is not going to end well. When help arrived, they found Hayes. Well, you know, this was probably, they probably didn't even have helmets in 1937. Or they, they had leather little, ones. <laughs> yeah. I never got that. I never got. Doesn't the, really stand uh, up against brick all that well. I never got why they wore those little leather, leather helmets. Like the, in a the plane. Fo- like, the footballs on their head. like the, Yeah. yeah. With like, the little goggles. Like the planes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I can see the goggles. You know, they, you know, I always thought, remember when uh, Rodney King, the whole Rodney King thing happened and they had to write, and the news would always refer to him as the motorist, Rodney mm. King. I always pictured him in these little guys <laughs> <laughs> driving like a Model yeah. T or something. <laughs> so anyway, when help arrived, they found Angelo's head was mangled and he had no pulse. No mention if they... Pushed a yeah, hot poker up his ass, but he was he was so terrible to look at that his parents would kept from seeing him for their own good. Like Damn. you know, you don't you don't want to see this. You don't want to see Angelo. He's he's not looking good right now. Um, anyway, he was declared dead and buried three days later. Due to an investigation by an insurance company, the body. <laughs> The body of Angelo. <laughs> that, that's some thorough investigation right there. In 1937, the progress- damn. Progressive was all over us. You know, <laughs> For real. That little, that little gecko was <laughs> little gecko was a little like a little book. And he was like, hey, biggest motherfucker out there. We're not paying out for this. But anyway, insurance company wanted an investigation. So the body of Angelo Hayes was exhumed two days after the funeral. So this is... What? Five days after his accident. Yeah, five days. Five days after he was much better. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, in the aftermath of the accident, his body put itself into a deep coma and required little oxygen to upkeep his system. After being buried alive, he received proper medical care and went on to a full recovery. What do you think about that, uh, Shelley? I that is wonderful. <laughs> that is now Angelo. <laughs> good for Angelo. Angelo, Angelo just. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know that little gecko was like, "I told you so." Yeah. <laughs> We're only paying so for the motorcycle. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now, Angelo decided to turn lemons into lemonade. <laughs> Which people already thought that he had, that his <laughs> lemon had been turned to lemonade, but, you know. But he's going to make a bad, best of a bad situation. After several surgeries and some rehab, <laughs> Angelo made a full recovery and became a minor celebrity in France. I mean, you know, it was not a major celebrity. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't as fucking Taylor to Swift. Yeah, he was, <laughs> yeah, he was, you know, he was a minor. He wore, what if he wearing those little berets, Colonel? If there was anything you know, like this. We don't know what shape his head was in. It could have looked like a fucking trapezoid. A fucking thing a full recovery yeah. probably has more involvement. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, it's probably some work there. He probably had some lipo. He or went something. on to cosplay as the elephant. Man. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't as pretty as he was before. That's for sure. Uh, he invented, actually invented, a type of security coffin that he toured with across France. Uh, it was reported to contain a oven, a refrigerator, a toilet, and a hi-fi cassette player. So, I mean, you know, if you're going to go out, I mean, you know, if you're going to be buried alive, you want to make sure you got a You know, my luck would there. be, though, Timmy, they fucking put Coldplay in there with me. <laughs> Three doors down. Uh-huh. Okay. So, uh, uh, now Shelly is going to tell us another story that will make your skin crawl. Oh, yeah. Um, shockingly, the stories of people buried alive do not always have happy endings. <laughs> I can't imagine that. For example, in 1889, Octavia Smith, she, wear- she married a wealthy Kentuckian named James Hatcher. The newlyweds had a son, and they named him Jacob. But I wonder if the, I wonder if the son is that the reason why they got married? Because back yeah. then, you know, he, was, yeah, 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 there baby. was some. Yeah, there you go. You think uh, you think and James and Octavia were knocking boots? Premarital sex? I think so. Yeah, I think they, they probably think so. they probably were. Um, I wonder how many minutes he spent on her breast. Knocking <laughs> <laughs> because you know they they had. He didn't have a spot stopwatch back then. He had to use an hourglass. Yeah. <laughs> Egg timer or something. Well, it's about to get sad now that you've uh, done okay. that. Um, okay. Because okay. infant mortality I don't mean rates, to make light. I don't mean to make light be, be, of Octavia's situation. Because, because the infant mortality rates were what they were in the 1800s. Yeah. Jacob did die in infancy. So they were punished for their sin. See, here's the thing. This is the point I try to make all the time. And you know this, Colonel. You know, people say, oh, you know, they didn't live back long, that long back in then. They only lived till they were 40. That's not true. That's That's not not true at all. all. It's the infant mortality rate, right? The the, the, uh, life expectancy was low because a lot of kids died. Like people still live to be in their eighties. There was they there just... was extremes on each axis of that. I mean, yes, thank you, Colonel. When you That's look at I'm the saying, stratification of age, it was all on. It, it was front end loaded. The deaths were front end loaded. Yes, you're really really proud of saying stratification, aren't you? Did you uh, do you want me to look it up? For how you? many how many times? How often do you use that in your vocabulary in your regular? But Shelly, that's right. So Shelly, are you impressed with our knowledge? Um, sure. Yes. Yes. Okay. Good, good answer. answer. Yeah. Continue. Good answer. Yeah. If you ever want to be invited back. Mm. <laughs> well, it's very. Although she was a little slow. Mm. Today. It's, I have to. It, <laughs> it's very sad that you know this this little baby died, and and it, that put his. That put his mother in a deep, deep depression, and Octavia was bedridden for several months. During the time that she was bedridden, she started showing signs of a mysterious illness. I mean, depression? I feel like that's really not that mysterious. Okay, but, Dr. So Dr. Queen. Her, 
Go ahead, tell us. Her her body entered a coma like state, and nobody could awaken her. Not even Ugh. not even with the nipple twisting. Um, oh. she was pronounced dead. Oh, in you know, Shelley, I have my own tests that I do. <laughs> do you? What is that? I get I get two garage cans <laughs> mm-hmm. lids. And I get right by their head, and I bang it really loud. Well, that's what that should be effective. I <laughs> I would think. Yeah, it's it's kind of like uh, the homemade alarm systems you have when you grow up um, in areas that are not so wealthy. You put cans over the top of the windowsill, and if somebody is trying to break in, yeah. the cans fall down, you, and you know they're there. You build so a pyramid. Yeah, but you, you but lift they, up your but, mini. I mean, what what good what good does that really do? Um, you, you know it, the murder is coming. No, it does a lot yeah. of good, Timmy. This ain't no lie. Now I told you this before. I, I've been no. I've we've I had that burglar that alarm I system. Lived as a child. We put cans across the windowsill on the outside because we all had those aluminum mini blinds in the projects, and uh, yeah. you push them in, and then you put Me empty too. cans. So when somebody tried to lift up the window in the summertime, you didn't have air conditioning, so you had to have the window up. So when people tried to sneak in through your screen, they'd knock over the cans. You had mm-hmm. time to gather a weapon, put put some clothes on, because a lot of people slept naked back then. I never have. <laughs> and uh, and deal was said intruder, Timmy. You know, never. You also don't leave your axe. On the <laughs> no, you porch. don't. You the leave same. it on the inside of the house. If if I've learned nothing else in these eight years of this podcast, I know not to leave an axe on the front porch. But anyway, anyway, we were guys. Go ahead, Shelly. She was pronounced dead in May of 1891 and that was four months after little Jacob's death. It, oh. it was an unusually hot May that year. So Octavia was buried quickly because, you know. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> they're in. It, I mean, why, you, why even bother with a coffin? Yeah, it, you know, I used to think that they didn't even, I used to think that the funeral homes would dump the body in the hole when, when everyone was gone and resell the coffin. But it, it, <laughs> maybe that was just the way I Economic, think, right? yeah, it makes sense. Um, embalming wasn't common yet. But a few days right. later, other people in the town started falling into a similar coma-like sleep Ooh. with shallow Ooh. breathing patterns. Sounds like a Stephen oh. King movie. Yeah, it does. Only to awaken a few days later. They discovered it was an illness caused by the bite of the, I don't know if I'm going to say this right, a tsee fly? Tsee fly. Tsee fly. Um, Ooh. So. I thought it was so fearing that she might have been buried alive, James panicked <laughs> and had Octavia exhumed, Oops. thinking she might awaken. She had oh, oh, but James was too late. Octavia's uh. coffin was airtight. Oh. Oh, I, hate, God. I hate when the, I hate when that happens. This is horrible. He found the coffin lining had been shredded, and Octavia's fingernails were bloody. On her face was frozen a contorted shriek of terror. They, you know she was screaming for her life, girl. Thank you, Timmy. Thank you for inviting me to the podcast today <laughs> and having me read the horrific stories. I, I appreciate that. Um, you know she was screaming, "Hey, you motherfuckers, let me." <laughs> 
I traumatized. can't even take a nap around this place. Uh, <laughs> a traumatized James mm. reburied Octavia. I feel like. Well, I mean. <laughs> and erected. But, but he did the nipple. <laughs> and he erected, erected. I felt like I needed you to say erected. that again. Erected, yes. A lifelike monument. What does that mean? Lifelike? Like, is that I was it? Like, I, I, it's just a monument. It's like a of statue. Her... Like they they were right, out. right. But like, how lifelike was it? Um, that it. sits in the cemetery I, I, she rests in. I don't think she's going to forgive him. I mean, I don't think that gets you out. <laughs> That's at not all, something or... the roses fix, Timmy. This <laughs> no, historian no, no. Jessica Forsyth noted that James went on to develop a severe phobia of being buried alive. Yeah. Wow. That's, just that's, <laughs> that's, that's just silly. That's just silly. And then the next case of uh, not such a great buried alive situation was Nancy Smalls. Oh, we're killing what? you, Smalls. We're killing you, Smalls. <laughs> Literally. One night in 1987. Oh, wow, shit. we're moving up. Yeah, that was. This yeah. is past the uh, red hot poker era. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. Um, a 39 year old Illinois businessman named Stephen Small received a phone call that one of his renovation projects was being broken into. He clearly didn't have the aluminum can alarm system. No, probably not. Mm. Yeah. He didn't realize that by going to the property, he was being lured into his own abduction. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh. Well, if these were the alien abductions or just regular <laughs> run-of-mill abductions. But we'll find they, out. Well, if it was alien abduction, po- it would have the too. red hot poker yeah. thing. <laughs> Why do you think they do the red hot ones? They just do the probes. <laughs> Is it disturbing that we both thought of that yeah. at the same time? They try to do <laughs> yes. They're, they're more gentle with it. They have uh, they have kind of cool <laughs> pre-lube look, probes. But go ahead. You, you seem to be an expert in this. I've, Interesting. I've heard a lot of stories. You've been there? He's done a lot of research. Mm. His wife, Stephen Small's wife, Nancy Smalls, received a call at 3.30 a.m. informing her that the ransom on her husband was $1 million. $1 I always wonder, like, if they give you a... If they, I mean, would they take, like, 995000 you know, if he was a little short? Yeah. Yeah, it's... it's Curious. Or does that mean, is that a hard, you know, is that a hard number, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then, I mean, then once they say they take less than one million, and th- then all you're doing is this bargaining at that point. Uh, you know. It's true. Yeah. Well, the family received five calls in total. I guess that they. Because then you can the, offer it, like $48. Right. It was, it was the bargaining that you, you were talking about. Yeah. 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 And the family was willing to comply with the demands. That's that's nice. I'm sure Stephen appreciated yeah. that. Um, yeah. But they couldn't really understand the demands that well because of the poor sound quality of the messages. Oh, uh, you know, they had one of those old cell phones, yeah. like, you know. Like, yeah, one of the those answering machines. Yeah. <laughs> Why yeah. weren't they answering the phone? Why were there messages being left on the answering machine? I feel like <laughs> if someone has been abducted, maybe you should be sitting by the phone, not just like doing your thing and checking your machine at the end of the day. It's a little weird, right? I mean, what's what 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 do you think the odds are that if you pay ransom, you get the person back? Very slim. Alive. 
Yeah, I, I bet it's hundred and twenty percent. I bet. You know, I had this this true story, Timmy. I have friends I went to high school with. They kidnapped uh, the owner of the a very well known paper bag company, Timmy. They kidnapped mm-hmm. his son, and mm-hmm. uh, they took him to did a little town. They put a paper bag over his head. They did. That's what I said. They did. They uh, took him to a little town, hid him away, and you know, took pretty good care of him. Didn't do anything crazy, and they were going to get the ransom. But they kept making the same phone calls. They kept making the phone calls from the same phone booth. (laughs) So finally one day they went to the phone booth and the FBI snatched them up. And they uh, they got 25 years for this, Timmy. Well, that's stupid. I, You know, um, I worked at a suicide hotline and sometimes we'd have to put tracers on calls because you know it's not it's not very easy to trace a call or it wasn't back then mm-hmm. but um this was in like the late 80s but they could they could um what they would do is they they could keep the phone from disconnecting mm-hmm. and then they would they run a trace that way you know but to, it took a long time to get to find we occasionally we get people who were suicidal or homicidal or something and we'd have to call and and have them traced. But anyway, I regress. Go ahead. Do, do you think ransomers, the kidnappers, ever dial the wrong number? <laughs> oh, yeah. Wouldn't that be embarrassing? Yeah, yeah. And the person's like, I, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, do whatever you want. I don't care. Call I'm, here. I'm yeah. so tired of you goddamn telekidnappers <laughs> calling me at dinner time. <laughs> um, so where's Stephen was during this time was in a homemade wooden box about three feet underground. His abductors provided him with a flimsy breathing tube and some water. They should have, they should have bought, uh, old Angelo's, you know, specialty. Yeah. Yeah, If they want to do that. Yeah. yeah, Leafs throw in a couple of beers or something. Right. In the fridge. Yeah. Um, and they left him some water and they suggested that they intended to let him live if they got some payment. But something happened okay. that they didn't plan on. Steven's breathing tube failed. <laughs> you bury you know, it was like a straw. Like, like and one, give him a straw. Like it's one of those it's like one of those crazy yeah. straws. <laughs> yeah. A bird came and sat on the top of it. <laughs> suffocated because of a pigeon. <laughs> when police finally used their air patrol to find Stephen Small's vehicle, it was too late. They couldn't pinpoint how long he'd been inside the box, but they did yeah. deduce that he had been dead for several hours. His abductors, Daniel Edwards and Nancy Reich, were convicted of first degree murder and aggravated kidnapping. They planned it, said Deputy Chief Robert Pepin. They built a box. They put a ventilation system in it, and it obviously didn't work. It was well. It was not well planned. Yeah. Can we can we all agree on that? It was not well executed. You know, Nancy Rich, um, in two thousand two, and she was not an unattractive woman. She is now out of prison, Timmy. Nancy Rich. She is old. She got released in 2022. Oh, she's got she's got a big old piece. Hopefully, she's, hopefully she's not in the 
HVAC, you know, field. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I guess he's a blast to, you know, get drunk with. <laughs> yeah, I remember that time we buried a guy and we forgot to put You know, this, this is somebody you want to be friends with because they always say, I want my best friend to be somebody that helped me bury a body. Yeah, well, there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you would do it. All right. So now we have Daniel Bryant. He was a 56 year old man from how do you say that? You guys are from Gallipolis, Gallipolis, Gallipolis Ohio. Okay. Yeah. Who in 1973 <laughs> passed out after too many bottles of Ripple, which I guess is wine. Wouldn't know. Yeah, yeah, it's cheap. It's cheap gotcha. Brian, Timmy. Fred, Fred Sanford yeah. always turned purple. Yeah. Well, Bryant had a history of public intoxication. In fact, it was mm-hmm. not unusual for Daniel Bryant to be arrested and placed to the city's drunk tank for several days a week. So, on the cold. He was a regular. He was. He was. He was a regular. On the cold winter evening of February 23rd, 1973, Daniel had been drinking his cheap wine when he fell asleep in an alley just off Main Street. When police arrived, Bryant had no signs of life. So, instead of taking him to the city jail or hospital, the officer called for the morgue to come pick him up. I mean, wouldn't you like some kind of like medical official? I mean, you would think, <laughs> but it was cutting out the middle, man. I mean, you know, they probably you know, got police, probably not. You know, and maybe it was, I, I don't mean, know. What's imagine they have a high tech CSI lab there. This normally would have been <laughs> fine, not. except for the fact that Daniel Bryant had not been declared dead. So uh, no. there was there was a step missing in the process. <laughs> Yeah, you see, like, that deputy needed, like, a flow shirt. <laughs> yeah. Should be a checklist, Timmy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, then we have the morgue employee. Um, he just didn't check either. He just picked up what they thought to be Daniel's remains and placed it in the refrigeration room at the morgue. So, God damn it. You know, the chief was all like, God damn it. You're supposed to put your <laughs> nightstick up the ass before you send them to the morgue. <laughs> At least twist your nipple. <laughs> the following morning, morgue workers placed Brian's body in a cheap coffin. Still more people and still no one has, like, discovered this guy isn't. Oh. Um, Although in fairness, if you're working at the morgue, you assume that somebody has <laughs> done their due diligence before that person. Forgot. That's the whole thing, the, the due diligence. Well, you know, you know, at the morgue, they hear all kinds of fucking noises because the body is gas, They do. Right? I mean, like people, and it's like you're, they're farting all this And time. have you ever smelled so the fart of a dead person, Timmy? Oh, no, not no, good, no, man. Not good at all. Not good at all. <laughs> um, well, they placed it in a cheap coffin, put it in the van, and they took it to the local pauper's field, which was the graveyard used for the unhoused. All of this occurred yes. without any physician or coroner reviewing Brian's remains. So, yeah, they found him, decided he was dead, <laughs> called the morgue. <laughs> morgue took him, had him in there for a while, and they sent him to bury him. All of this happened. <laughs> Uh, scout police at the cemetery 
the coffin was lowered into the ground when the attendees heard a loud banging noise coming from inside the coffin. <laughs> no, no, no. The more Daniel was like, what the, the more workers reluctantly raised and opened the coffin. Okay, if you hear well, I mean do you- I mean well, they've already lowered him. You know what I mean? It's a lot of work. <laughs> They're like, God damn it. Uh, yeah. I, I, just... I thought I was I thought I was gonna get out of here early today. <laughs> My kids got a T ball game. You dig this motherfucker up. I gotta go. They they reluctantly grumbling and all that open the coffin to find a sober Bryant staring at the up at them with his eyes wide open. Oh, by that time, he's probably going to take BTs, too. <laughs> that's fucking worse. He's Being used to coffin, just clanging the can. Alive. He's got, he usually has a tin cup that he clangs against the bars. He's looking around. I mean, think about that. You're buried alive, and you're going through DTs at the same time? <laughs> no fun. Jesus Christ. Well, that's a nightmare. Well, despite this very close call, Bryant was pretty good-natured, so he didn't hold a grudge. Nope. Nope. In fact... He borrowed a couple from the morgue workers and he set off for the nearest pub to celebrate his <laughs> close brush with death. I wonder if, like, the police officer and everybody was invited. Like, just the whole town. Um, you know, he's hitting these poor morgue workers up yeah. for money to go yeah. drink. Salisha could do. Salisha could do. He was a pain in the ass. He was really a pain in the ass to them. So... There you go. Oh, well, Timmy. There you go. Colonel? That is stories of being buried alive. Yes. You know, Timmy, and in, in this, they make safety coffins back in, oh, I don't know, 1791. Well, 1882. I'm sorry, Timmy. A J.G. Critchbaum got a patent yeah. for his device for life in buried persons, Timmy. And it consisted mm-hmm. of a movable periscope-like pipe that provided air <laughs> when rotated or pushed, and the person interred could indicate to passerby that someone was buried alive. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say yeah, uh, a periscope that you could look out yeah. of. <laughs> oh my god! Well, they used to have those little bells too. Yeah, you know, well, like, it'll be in. A, in a family designed a burial hat, uh, burial vault in Wildwood Cemetery in Pennsylvania with an internal escape hatch, Timmy. <laughs> if you were accidentally buried, it had air supply. It was lined in felt to protect the panic-stricken victim when they woke up from injury. Yeah, the, I guess if your family yeah. hated you, though, that kind of makes sense. Like, if you're just, if you, if you... Well, you don't trust right, them. Yeah. yeah, it's like they're going to... These people are gonna bury me alive. I'm gonna we'll get them. Yeah, yeah, especially got insurance on yeah, or something. Yeah. <laughs> so Shelly, what's your final thoughts of people being buried alive? Would you like uh would you like to be buried? That would not be my personal preference. No. Okay. I would but you do say there are worse things. I think that there are worse things, but this is definitely I'm pretty not- sure. I would say it's a solid seven or above on yeah. negative things <laughs> yeah. that could happen to you. I think, I, think that's, I, think that's, I think that's safe to say it's a seven it's or a above. It's a seven or yeah. above, but where would you rate a red hot poker in your ass? Is that a seven <laughs> or eight, Shell? <Joe? laughs> 
That's got to be. Yeah, up there I know. Too. That's what well, I mean. It's clearly up there. <laughs> it's <laughs> yes. clearly up there. Yeah. All right, uh, Thad. What's your final thoughts on being I, buried? I, I gotta alive? say, zero out of ten. Would not recommend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one star on Yelp. I'm telling you, Colonel. How about you? What's your final? You know what? I to me, I am being cremated. Then I want my ashes run through a grinder, and just so it can't happen to me. Although you know, I've said many times, just throw me out in the backyard. I don't really give a shit what you do with me after that. Just don't. Uh, I, you know, being cremated alive. Would well, suck. you know, my biggest fear to me is when I go, people, you know, like Rasputin, people taking parts of my body and putting them in jars and being in a museum. I, I just don't want all that to me. I just want to be in peace, you know? All right. I understand. That's, that's a reason. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us again on history dweebs. Uh, thank you all for who support us on Patreon. If you would like to support us on Patreon, just go to patreon.com slash history dweebs, all one word where you can give a little, you can give a lot. Or, or just a tip to me, just a wee little bit. We would love to thank Shelly for pinch hitting today. Shelly, you did a wonderful job, even though we're letting you off the hook about your car- uh, carnival story. That will just have, we'll have to, to wait for the next time because this it's the most romantic story ever. It's like the Princess Bride. Yes, it, it is. Was, it, was... It, it really is. It really is. I mean, you know, as romantic as it can be with a carny. And know. camel. Did he, did he work the, yeah, the, in the camel, did he work at the little, uh, things where you knock the milk bottles over, milk, milk bottles over, you know, or was he more the ring toss kind of guy? No, but I guess what? No, he was, he brought in the camels. Oh, he was the camel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Timmy, do you remember back in the seventies and Shelly, you probably don't remember this, but that song midnight, midnight at the ways. Oh yeah. That was, a, that was about sex. Was it about sex with the camel, about... Timmy? That's what I could never figure out. Yeah. Was they, it was was they humping the humpy? Who... <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, I, I got, now I'm curious. <laughs> so, he, this guy was a camel keeper. Um, so, he do, kept... do you want to know the story? Yeah. Including, okay. the, including the Ferris wheel. We need to hear that. Well, okay. So, I was working the California state fair. And when I say working the California state fair, it wasn't like, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. It, we were in charge of the kids department um, and they were representing uh-huh. like Oklahoma. Cause I lived in Oklahoma and I guess that people in California see Oklahoma as just, you know, cowboys and that's it. So this section, mm-hmm. we had like a calf roping section with a mechanical calf roping thing where people could do that. The kids could make ropes and they could husk corn. We had a corn husking section and then there was a camel section because you know, those damn camels. It seems like the corn Rome, Oklahoma. <laughs> they do so this guy had camels representing Oklahoma representing cowboys apparently I don't know um they they they, yeah well he wasn't and then there were some other people he was just one of the the people that was involved with that anyway um I do have so you met this guy well yeah we would all play all of us that were that were in charge of that section we would all play poker in the in the camel barn 
So there would be like this table. In the camera. Yeah, there would be a table where we're all playing poker. How many stories the, have you had, Colonel? Starts out, I was playing poker in the camel yeah, barn. <laughs> they usually don't. <laughs> all right. Was, now, was, was this strip poker or just regular poker? No, no. But the camels did spit at you a lot, which, you know, kind yeah, of they're affected. Gross, they're, they? they're mean. They're just mean. Anyway, one of the guys asked me <clears> on a date <throat> and we couldn't really go anywhere. So we waited till the fair was. Was he like, was he, was he like, hey, I'm the camel guy? No. Or did he try to impress you? No. Well, yeah, I mean, he tried to, he tried to <laughs> impress me. But anyway, so we got to like ride all the rides in the Ferris wheel after everybody after everybody goes home with the fair, all the people who are working the fair get to just roam about the fair at night, you know, and alone without all the, it's just, it's really fun. So yeah, got to kind of. To go to the top of the Ferris wheel with the amusement I park did. after dark. I did. With all the lights, it was completely empty. Just us on the Ferris wheel. It's very romantic. Yeah. And nothing happened. Nothing happened. Of course not. I don't know what you're. Allegedly, nothing happened. Mm-mm. Nope. I mean, because you know, there there was a couple here in Cincinnati because we have a Ferris wheel mm-hmm. here in Cincinnati mm-hmm. downtown, and they were a couple that were arrested. Mm-hmm. When they turned, yeah. when, when was that? That a couple years ago. Yeah, that was 2019. Uh, downtown Cincinnati, the Ferris wheel. They were having sex 150 feet up in the air in front of uh, the report says uh, children and families. So not the best idea. I would yeah. be afraid to get were, that to get the Ferris wheel cart rocking, right? Like if you're up on the top of the Ferris wheel, <laughs> that just seems like it's just an unnecessary risk to take. I don't know. I I wouldn't be comfortable. Well, it wouldn't be bad if you was like at the bottom though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. If you weren't that far from <laughs> that just that it's just seems, that, it seems like a whole bottom. lot of effort for for not a lot of return because I mean, this just seems like it would be uncomfortable. Right. I don't know. This doesn't seem like it would be that great. Well, I, I mean, I don't know about you. <laughs> <but> I, mean. <laughs> I do. Yeah. I do have one short story about that. That is one of my favorite things. So in the, okay. cor- in the corn husking section, um, the way it was set up. And I, I would think that's more Nebraska. Right. I would too. Oklahoma. In my I think backyard. that's more of a woman thing. But um, go ahead. Okay. Oh Cause God. I want the woman that's the best corn husker. <laughs> the woman yeah. wins that contest. She's got skills. It, yes. The way it was set up was there was like a station where the kids got to husk the corn, and then they got to well, they picked out the corn, they got to to, to tear off the husk, and then they would put it in um, the grinder and turn it into to cornmeal so that they could see the process, you know, or they could, you know, grind it up. And, um, this one little kid was just so sweet. He was about, I don't know, seven or eight and he took the corn and he was talking to it. I was just, I thought he was so imaginative. He was like, hello, Mr. Corn. My name is Bobby. We're going to be good friends. And he's like, here, Bobby, I'm, or no, he's like, here, Mr. Corn, I'm going to help you change into a new outfit. And he like husks him and he's all sweet. And then he's like, all of a sudden he goes to their section. He's like, Mr. Corn, you're going to die. And he starts grinding it. Like all the blood, like he's like, blood, blood. Yeah. And I, yeah, that was. <laughs> got away from that kid. That really was, quick. that was an interesting, that was, yeah. That was interesting. Yeah, I was like, huh, wonder what you he's going to be when he grows up. Probably you guys have done a podcast about him and I didn't even know it. We probably, yeah. yeah. yeah I find interesting nebraska their their college thing is corn huskers which is yeah i mean most people have like fierce animals but nebraska (laughs) has 
tedious like the cougars or something. <laughs> it's like oh floor yeah, moppers with a with the Ohio road workers, you know, black, <laughs> you know, y- y- dishwashers. Yeah, it's not, yeah, it just doesn't have the same. Speaking, yeah, speaking of the University of Nebraska, yesterday I was uh, thrift shopping and came across a T-shirt. Just FYI, I did not buy it, but I came across a T-shirt for the Nebraska Cornhuskers that said, mm-hmm. this girl likes big sacks and good D. <laughs> Is that uh, well? I can't imagine why you is that a shirt that. you had previously donated? Is that why I, you didn't? I, it just, the <laughs> question is, what was someone thinking when they when they bought it? This girl I'm likes big sacks and a good D. Come on, man. Yeah, girls didn't design that shirt. <laughs> I was like a fifteen year old boy, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> well, thank mm-hmm. you, Shelly. Of course, joining us thank today. you for having me, and we really appreciate you setting in and. Uh, we hope you will join us Thanks. again. And Have we appreciate uh, our sponsor. Yes. Yeah. BlackAcademySD.com. Remember to use DWE15 to get 15% off all your purchases. And that's going to wrap us up for today. Thank you for joining us, everyone. And we'll see you next time on History Dweez. Bye, everyone. Well, I mean, are women, are there women like are right tittied or right left titty? I mean, I feel like there's a whole lot you can explore before you even get to the nipple. No, you have to pinch one and use the other as a control. Big that bitch up right now. I can tell you this, you put a red hot poker in my ass, you get one star on Yelp. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.